name is Diane. I was a single mom for a long time with my three children. One thing that I talked to my pastor about was disciplining my children. If you tell your child, if you don't come home from school, when you get out, you will have a discipline. You won't go nowhere for the weekend. Well, keep your word. It's the only way your children can learn to trust you that what you say is true. They know you're going to do it, and they know you're going to follow through. You're the parenting hero today, Diane. Thank you for sharing that on our storyline. Dr. Randy here from the Intentional Living Center, and uh, she teed us up beautifully for the discussion today on uh, kids and consequences. Um, The background of years of working with families from Intentional Living has been teaching logical and natural consequences. Boy, there's plenty of those in life today, and when we use them in a healthy way, and we follow through as Diane reminds us, and to be intentional with our kids, not harsh, not punitive, not mean, certainly never abusive in any way. We don't go in that direction. We simply know that children learn best when they are held accountable, when they have opportunities to grow and they're encouraged. And when we do that on an ongoing basis, it makes a huge difference. Uh, I am Dr. Randy Carlson. This is the Intentional Living Center, along with Stephen and uh, Jennifer and the rest of the team. Thank you for being a part of the program today. As we talk about kids and consequences, just uh, very briefly, a little description. What's the difference between a logical and natural consequence? Natural consequences in life are if you don't eat, you get hungry, right? And so we get picky eaters. We're not running a restaurant. Maybe the plate's removed and they're, they're back at lunchtime and they'll be a little hungrier and ready to eat. That's a natural consequence. A logical consequence might be that if you're uh, giving me a hard time as a teenager, being disrespectful, you're not going to drive the car. Uh, We don't have irresponsible kids driving our car. You know, that's a logical consequence. So being creative, being intentional, not being punitive, not being harsh. We write about many of these ideas in a series that we put together in print called Raising a Responsible Adult at our ministry. And we teach much of this when we get out into our conferences on helping us see that living an intentional life as a parent can make a huge difference in the well-being of our children. Listen, look what's going on in the streets of many towns in America today. When I see these young people breaking in and stealing and robbing and injuring and damaging people and, and uh, places of business, I wonder sometimes where the parents are and how they've been raised. And so as a parent, uh, we have an opportunity to raise a responsible adult. We're going to help you think about that today. Come on in to Intentional Living. Hi, this is Steve Tanner for Intentional Living, asking the question, what do you do when your kid comes home with a bad grade? I think the key would be motivating them, you know, giving them some sort of goal so that they feel encouraged and they want to do better. With my son being a football player in high school, um, I think one motivation might be improve the grades or there'll be no Friday Night Lights. My son was copying the answers from the back of the book and his teacher called me in algebra. And I just said, no problem, teacher. This Saturday, my son and I are going to spend very quality time. And we had an algebra-thon. Yes, it was like five hours of algebra. I think that the thing I should have done was spent more time with them going over the stuff every night. You know, Instead of just giving them lecture number 22 that they've heard before, just investing the time with them is uh, the essential thing, I think. What you do is make it easy and start with easily achievable small goals. Don't try to get them from a D or an F to an A, but get them to a C and then 
let him move back into the house. <laughs> <laughs> where from? Where the garage? Is that where he's coming in from? Hey, li- those were great tips. You know, I love the algebra thon. You know, the the idea. I was thinking you could get the the book and rip the pages out in the back to have all the answers. Again, we're building character. We want our kids to do well, and they and they need to learn. And uh, we live in a competitive world, but but at the core, make sure that it's flowing out of a character that you're building within their hearts. And that's a, a goal of being an intentional parent. Um, and certainly that's a goal that we have here at our Intentional Living Center. By the way, the resource I mentioned earlier, Raising Responsible Adults, is a resource that is available uh, through our Ministry Resource Center. I don't mention often, but we have a bookstore with all of our teaching. We have a small group studies on marriage and parenting and intentional living we have our books. We also have resources of CDs from teaching and conferences. And the Raising Responsible Adults, you'll find it there when you go to theintentionallife.com. If you have a question for me, give me a call, 888 Let's start with Peta, who's on the line. Welcome to the program. Hi, Dr. Carlson. Appreciate your, uh, your call today. Uh, what's your question? Well, I have a grandson that's five years old. Um, his dad is incarcerated. Mm. Um, he's not supposed to have any contact with his dad. Mm-hmm. But when he goes to his grand- grandma's house, he tells us that he talks to his dad on the phone. Mm. And when he comes back home with to us, he's angry and he's upset with us. So I'm just trying to figure out how we're supposed to handle this situation. So when he leaves your home and he visits, who is the grand? He visiting the the grandparents. You the, said? the 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 um his father's parents. I see. Well, if if he's not supposed to do that, then he shouldn't be doing that, and you need to make sure that he's not doing that. Um, I'm sure that was a reason for that being put in place. And uh, as adults, you know, as adults, we have to step in and do adult kind of things sometimes. We have to do things because it's in the best interest of the children and uh, talking to those grandparents and saying, hey, this is what's happening. Here's what we're hearing. You're not supposed to be doing this. That's got to stop. And taking some action to make sure that whatever is supposed to be happening or not happening is taking place. That's one of the things we have to do in life as adults. You know, we talk about consequences. You heard one of the dads, you know, talking about no lights, you know, no Friday night lights for the kid who's not getting his grades into the the acceptable range, there's not going to be football, and if there's not going to, if there's going to be a violation of um, whatever the policies and rules and expectations are, then there's got to be a consequence. Sometimes the consequence is for the adult, sometimes the consequence for the child, but at the end of the day, if we want to build character into our kids' lives, we want to do the right thing, we've got to step up, hold ourselves accountable, hold others accountable. And uh, sometimes that doesn't feel good. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's very difficult, relationally and otherwise. But you got to do the right thing. Because ultimately, here's a message for us as parents. Ultimately, we're responsible. We're responsible before God. We're responsible for what we do as a parent. We're not going to be perfect. But certainly we need to be intentional. And that, that's the goal. We'll be praying for you, Pete. I know that's tough. I mean, that, you know, I can understand. Let's talk to his dad. wants to stay in touch. But if there's reasons for that, things put in place. Uh, we're better off to make sure that we're following the right thing, doing the next right one thing. That is intentional living. 
Every night, you stand over your son and try to make him get his homework done. If you feel like your son's homework has become yours, it's time to turn it around. First, teach him how to use a planner. Set with him as he fills it out for a few weeks. Help him check things off when he finishes something. Set a specific time for homework every day. The ideal time is right after exercise or after dinner. Supervise, but don't do the work for him. Sometimes just having you sit there will help keep him on task. Use leverage. If your son doesn't do his homework, he loses his video game for a week or whatever else you know that's important to him. The steps you take today with something small like homework could help him become the man you'll be proud of someday. For Intentional Living, I'm Dr. Greg Jantz. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Greg. I think it's tough as a parent because we have our own egos, we have our own need to be accepted and loved, and sometimes we just get too lazy and busy with other things to step up and do the next right thing. And uh, the consequences, like you know, removing the the video game or the you know taking away their phone or whatever uh, for a period of time, is absolutely part of the logical consequence. Think about logical and natural consequences. There are consequences that your children will grow into as adults, and if they start to learn a connection between a behavior and a reality, it'll help them later in their life. And today, it's difficult. Facebook uh, comments coming in. Uh, we asked the question, what lessons would have been the hardest for you to teach your kids? And boy, I, I see here uh, Luella, she says, to be more grateful and less entitled. You know, we live in a culture today where there is a focus not on service, not on caring for others, but it's a very selfish focus, what's in it for me? This is what's being screamed on the streets and around the world and in homes and families and and kids are growing up with this. Teaching our children to be grateful, to serve, to share with others is a great thing. Uh, Self-control, Sarah said that's the hardest thing, teaching my children self-control. There's where logical, logical, natural consequences help you, Sarah, because if your kids are not, you know, if they're not behaving, then there should be a consequence. If they get a toy and they they break it or they misuse it or they don't put it away, then there should be a consequence. They start to feel the pain associated with not doing the next right one thing. I love what Sanja said, that, that the childhood perceptions are not absolute truth. You know, that that's a really tough thing in our culture today because all of us have started to become so uh, immune to the message in our culture today that it's permeating even into our churches and into our Christian thinking that uh, there is not an absolute truth. It's what I feel. It's relative to what's going on in the culture. It's what my group believes. And saying that there's an absolute truth that we get back to is very difficult for sure. But it's the truth. We need to, which is Scripture, by the way. Charles in New Mexico. Welcome to the program, Charles. Hi, Dr. Randy. Uh, hello, good day to you. Uh, listen, I'll try to make my question quick. I have uh, taken on three little girls. Their parents have both abandoned them. They're living with their grandmother. She's a wonderful woman. She's raising, in, raising them up in a different faith other than the faith that we believe, the, the gospel. Um, and I just don't know how to, I don't have any authority over them. I just don't know how to help them understand the gospel without 
transgressing against the grandmother who's wonderful, but she's not living according to the gospel. Mm-hmm. If you can understand, it's hard for me to describe. No, I think everyone heard exactly what you're saying. Uh, we see this today. How, how do you live your faith as a Christian in a culture that's not only anti-Christian, but also um, not allowing Christian message to be shared in certain settings? I come back to uh, this has been a cultural norm throughout history. And Christians have always faced this, and sometimes even to the point of persecution. It begins by making sure that the faith is so real in our life, that our relationship with Christ is so real in my life, as the Scripture says, that they will see my good works and glorify God as a result. I think one of the tests of our faith, and boy, this is a hard one for all of us, Have you ever had someone come to you and say, you know, I've noticed that your life is different. You know, the way you treat your spouse is different than I see, or, you know, the way you handle your kids, or the way you handle your finances, or whatever it may be. I just noticed that you're different. I mean, what is it about you? I mean, what what makes you operate? Now, that takes some relationship building and so on. People don't come on the street and ask you that. But as people begin to see that your life is different as a result of what God's done in your life, that becomes a huge testimony and an opportunity and a door opener to be able to share the truth. And so it begins with how we live and how we communicate with our neighbors and with our family. And in your case, um, you know, these people, these little ones that come into your life, that they may see Christ in you. And as a result, to say, hey, there's something different about... Uh, you know, this man, there's something different about how he lives. And then as the door, as you have an opening, a responsible opening, an opportunity uh, to share the gospel. But remember, our first goal is to make sure that we are living it and then committed to connecting with people, then being given the permission, the open door, to share the good news. Great question. Honey, can you run a couple of errands for me? Where? The pharmacy, the deli, and the car needs gas. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what do you mean? That's a lot of places to go. Across town, through town, around town. I wish things were more like the Intentional Living mobile app. Now I'm really confused. It's everything Intentional Living, all in one place. I downloaded it from my app store, and it's got links to web resources, podcasts, shortcuts to Intentional Living on Facebook and Instagram. That's great! Let me look at your phone while you run those errands, hmm? Hi, Dr. Randy. I just wanted to leave my comments about how I have been intentional in my role as a mother. Um, Since my children have been young, they're now 15 and 13, uh, every time we have a discussion or things just don't seem to be going (laughs) the way that I think they should, I stop for a minute and I try to remind myself and remember what it was like to be the age that they are now. And when I put myself in their shoes and, and empathize with what they're going through and the pressure that's on them, it really helps me to focus as a mother on what I can do then to reach them in the place they're at and bring them forward in God in the way that we're trying to walk our lives. Uh, thank you so much for listening to me, and we love your show. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 
At the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, you'll have a lot of fun. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson. Have you ever noticed that it's sometimes very difficult to feel intimate and close to your spouse? I will teach you the power of one thing that will change your relationship for the rest of your lives. Join Dr. Randy for the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night to find out the secret to intentional love that will transform your marriage. Saturday, November 4th at 7 p.m. at New Beginnings Church in Albuquerque. Register at theintentionallife.com. And I hope you do that. Again, November 4th in Albuquerque. You may be far away from there, but uh, looking for a vacation spot. Beautiful to come to the Land of Enchantment and uh, maybe visit with us on that conference uh, for couples that night, a couple of hours in Albuquerque, November the 4th, and then maybe spend several days just uh, in a vacation around beautiful New Mexico. Anyway, we're going to be there, and I'm going to be sharing with you some really practical things that will help you live an intentional life in your marriage. More information at our website, theintentionallife.com. So how do we love the lost when around us we have so many people who are turned off by, angry at, those of us who are followers of Christ? And we're talking about living in a dying culture. And uh, the scripture says that the preaching of the gospel will be foolishness to those who are perishing. And we know that if we're going to be a follower of Christ, we're going to be marginalized. We're going to be set aside. I, I think it's important to understand that we look beyond the actions of people, even though there's consequences for those actions, and really get to the heart of the matter, get to the heart of a person. What is it about that person that has an eternal destiny that we can speak to and love and honor in a way that hopefully we can lead them to Christ to show them that there's a loving God who cares for them today and for all of eternity. Mm. You know, I talk about a velvet hammer. I first heard that when I was a young leader, an older, mature leader came along and was uh, teaching some principles on leadership. And he, he introduced to me this thought of a velvet hammer. And I said, what is that? And he said, it's that the hammer is tight and tough and it's strong and it's not going to be easily bent or changed. It knows what it is and it knows why it's there and it knows what it can do. But it's also has velvet on the outside. It's soft when it interacts with others. And so that word picture really has stuck with me over the years, how we have people that we want to reach in this dying culture who are confused and hurting and angry sometimes and lash out even Sometimes we as Christians, uh, we see what's going on and we think is just common sense. How can that be? And, and then we hear where people are and it's easy for us. It's easy for us because we know what we believe and why we believe it. And in reaching others to turn from a, a sense of being tender and caring to being harsh. And that's not what God's intention is. Knowing who we are on the inside, being strong and firm but then being able to reach out gently and reaching other people. That's an excerpt from the teaching this month on how to reach a dying culture. I call it living in this dying culture, living intentionally in a dying culture. It's going to all of our team members, those of you who are monthly members, and those of you joining us today. And by the way, right now we're doing something special for every person who comes and joins us as a monthly member of Intentional Living uh, we're sending the Intentional Word Chronological Bible, a dollar a day in support. It's going to go a long ways. We want to get that to you along with the teaching for the entire month of personal growth, the uh, 10 personal growth videos that I've handpicked for you. Just go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com, and uh, click on Donate, and all the information is there. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. 
Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners just like you. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. It is, and I thank you for joining us every day and for standing with us in this ministry of Intentional Living. Taking calls today, talking parenting with Adrian, who's in Texas. Welcome to the program. Hello there. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Good, good. What's your question today? Uh, My question is, lately, uh, me and my wife have been dealing with my toddler son. He's four, and um, he seems to be whining a lot. He doesn't take discipline very well from others or his parents. And uh, it's hard to get through to him. Now, do you have other children, Adrian? Do you have other children? Yes, Uh I have a a two-year-old little girl. Uh Uh-huh. So he's not the only child. So he's the the younger. And you work a lot. I heard you say you're gone a lot, right? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Are you and your wife on the same page with this, or do you have some marital tension over this? Uh, We definitely have some tension over this. we well, don't see. agree. She's very laid back and uh, inconsistent. But then again, I'm not at home like she is, so it's kind of yeah. Hard so you you come in, home. and then all of a sudden things are going to change. Do you guys have other areas of disagreement in your marriage as well? Uh, we have some, but uh, most of it comes down to disciplining both mm-hmm. of our children. All right. Well, this is. By the way, I'm going to send you raising responsible adults. Uh, When we're done here, I'll get your address and I'll mail it to you, Adrian. Um, This is not uncommon. We see sometimes a parent that may be too permissive, too laid back, laissez-faire, just kind of take it as it comes. And then the other parent, the offset may become too powerful, power up too much, you know, too authoritarian and so on. Finding this balance is, is not uncommon. And then when you add to it the tension that creates in your marriage, well, you, you know, your little guy may be a toddler, but he's not dumb. He's, he's smart enough to be able to look and say, Dad and Mom are not, he didn't say it this like we would logically, but he's thinking to himself, man, I got something going on here. Mom and Dad aren't on the same page, um, and I can kind of play this for what it's worth. And that's a very powerful thing for a child to be put into, to be in a place where, boy, they can push a button and, and see Mom and Dad <laughs> go, in, you know, go off in different directions. Bottom line, Adrian, you're going to find in the material I'm going to send you from Raising Responsible Adult that it's the responsibility of mom and dad to get on the same page and come to an agreement. How are we going to raise this child? What kind of character do we want? How are we going to hold them accountable? How are we going to discipline? We talk about logical and natural consequences. We don't believe you have to raise your voice uh, in your home. We believe you can have a quiet home, but there is a follow-through. In other words, there's a consequence. If he's whining, Let's be real specific. He's whining about something, you remove him from the scene. Um, You know, when you're done, you can come back out. You remove him. You don't allow his whining to cause you to say, to stop the whining, I'll give him what he wants. Because that just reinforces the negative behavior. It just reinforces that he'll do it again and again and again because he's training you like, you know, like a Pavlov. You know, he's training you. Whenever he does that, he gets what he wants. And what he needs to realize 
is whenever he does that, he doesn't get what he wants. At the same time, it doesn't need to be harsh or punitive. He just needs to learn that in a family, when he cooperates, when we do things together, that's when there's going to be more positive response. Now, I got parents saying, yeah, but you're not here. I'm exhausted. And I'm doing this day in and day out, and I'm exhausted. And it's very easy, believe me, as a parent over the years, ourself raising three kids, I know how easy it is to become inconsistent. And I think one of the greatest challenges, and God love you moms and dads, one of the greatest challenges is being consistent. And you mentioned that you're gone a lot. And that makes it even more difficult for your wife. I think you need to support her and love her and then come to an agreement that when you come home or when you're there, you're going to support, you're going to be on the same page and not try to change everything. If you do that, you're going to be better off. If you don't, you're going to continue to struggle. Hang on, Adrian, I'm going to get you Raising Responsible Adults as a gift from us, okay? Standing strong in a world that's so far from God is difficult, especially when we're called to love people who don't love us back. During our fall fundraiser, when you support the Ministry of Intentional Living, you'll receive part one of Dr. Randy's three-part series on intentional living titled Intentional Living in a Dying Culture, where you'll learn how to stand strong during chaotic cultural times. When you give $30 a month or more or a special gift of $360, you'll get the teaching and other intentional living tools sent directly to your inbox each month, along with this month's exclusive offer of the Intentional Word Chronological Bible. You'll also get Dr. Randy's top 10 personal growth videos. Your support of this ministry helps people live intentional lives for Christ. Give right now by calling 888-888-1717 today or visit theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. Thank you, Kurt. And uh, he was reminding you that uh, the lesson this month is uh, called How to Live Intentionally in This Dying Culture. And it is the first of a three-part series in the month of October, Intentional Living in a Dying Culture. November is going to be Intentional Living in a Struggling Family. And then December, Intentional Living in Your Own Private Life. We're starting this in this month of October I'm kind of calling this a month of intentional living. Stephen and I were talking before we went on the show, and he was mentioning it's really intentional living now. You know, we have no guarantee of tomorrow as far as we're going to be here, we're going to be with Jesus, but how we live today is going to make a huge difference for somebody. And so learning to live intentionally today, now, is a huge thing. So as Kurt mentioned, the personal growth videos, there's 10 of them each of them about 35 to 40 minute teaching, along with that chronological Bible, which is all 66 books of the Bible in chronological order. It's one of the most unique reading programs uh, that you can have to go through the Bible in one year. Seeing these stories outlined in chronological order, very powerful, plus the teaching, part one in this series of intentional living this month in a dying culture. Information on all of that is right at our website. Lots of helpful things there for you. Just go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. And uh, when you're there, there's articles. We have archives of our programs. We have information on upcoming events like our Intentional Love Marriage Date Night coming to uh, Albuquerque here in just a few weeks and a lot of other information for you. And I just want to say a special thanks to our stations around the country The managers and the staff here at this station care about you. They love you. They're on the air today to minister to you. And I do pray that you're continuing your support in a faithful way to keep this station on the air for God's glory 
because let's face it, it's for your benefit as well. I'm Dr. Randy, gotta run. We'll see you again next time with more Intentional Living.